You're listening to the John Stapleton Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is John Stapleton, and today we're talking about God being mysterious. I'm going to cover a lot of scripture today because my point is to make sure that you understand that these are not my ideas. These are actually from the Bible, and I want to piece together the, the, the pieces for you. I'm going to start in Romans 11, verses 33 through 36, and uh, unless I say otherwise, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Here's what Paul says. Oh, the death of of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given first to him and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Death here, when Paul talks about death, deepness he is pointing out to uh, he's pointing out how profound god is okay see the world in its wisdom does not know god it's impossible for the unregenerate people of the world to fathom god or know him for those of us that do know him we don't fully comprehend him if god could be fully understood by us that is a strong indication that we created him but the fact that the fact that people press Christians all the time to defend the doctrine of the Trinity, for example, is because they think that Christianity is illogical. God can only be one or three gods in their estimation, but he can't be one, uh, but he can't be three in one. And they have no category for mystery for a God that cannot be fully comprehended by humans. That's what I mean by mystery. That is an indication that God has not been invented by someone and that he decided to reveal himself to some people. That's what, that's what we Christians conclude. For those that acknowledge the Lord, they will question his motives, his words, and his deeds, and his wisdom. But Paul asks us the question, who has known the mind of the Lord? Like, who can question God? If we cannot fully comprehend who he is, what makes you think that we can read his mind or know his secrets? Creation cannot instruct its creator. God decides to reveal his wisdom to us, and we struggle to understand and agree with it because it's superior to us and it's beyond us. Moreover, nobody can add to God's worth by giving him something that he doesn't have. God created everything. Everything and all that we we have belong to him. This is also terrifying, and it should inspire worship within us. Our sin is considered a debt to God, and there is nothing we can do to pay God back. There is no law keeping or sacrifice you can give God to escape his righteous wrath on your life. John 3.36 says, whoever believes the Son has everlasting life. Whoever disobeys, disbelieves the Son, does not see life, but God's wrath remains on that person. It doesn't say it it will come to the person. It says it remains on the person. So if you are currently a Christ hater, a God rejecter, a mocker of Christianity, you are in the path of the wrath of God. If you are in that position where you're like, God needs to explain himself to me, you are in the path of his wrath. 
All things belong to him, start with him and end with him. And this is a mystery. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So God speaks. God communicates to us what his will for us is. And and he revealed his law so that people can submit to God through his law. God knows everything and we don't. God chooses to reveal some of what he knows to us and we learn from his wisdom. Wisdom is involved in God's decision to keep some things a secret. You need to know this. We have the desire to know everything, but we are finite and limited in our brain capacity. We are smart and capable of knowing very much, but omniscience is a virtue that only God possesses. Next, I want to talk about the fact that God holds mysteries. See, God demonstrates his omniscience, his all-knowingness, by revealing secrets to select individuals that he trusts to communicate it faithfully to other people. We see this in Joseph's story at a smaller level when he, when he interprets the dreams of his two prison mates. Uh, he, Joseph says in Genesis 40, verse 8, quoting from the New Century Version, God is the only one who can explain the meaning of dreams. We see God's omniscience on a bigger display with Daniel in regard to Nebuchadnezzar's dream. God gives dreams as a method of communicating his plan to humanity. See, at the time, Babylon was the most powerful nation on earth, and when Judah went into exile, um, and when Judah went into exile and was carried off, Daniel and his friends were also among the captives, and they they were considered the best of the best. They were trained in Babylon's school for three years. And then after that, they were given government positions. And even though they were given government uh, positions in an evil government, they remained faithful to the God of Israel. And God gave Nebuchadnezzar a nightmare that shook him awake. In a frenzied panic, he demanded his smartest servants to tell him the dream and to interpret it. But of course, nobody could. Nobody, not, nobody could tell him the dream. They're, they're not real interpreters, not real magicians, not real enchanters. They got, because again... As Joseph said, the interpretation belongs to God. The dream belongs to God. Those who couldn't do this would face a death sentence. But then God intervened. This is Daniel 2, verses 17 through 19 from the ESV. Then, uh, then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So what was the mystery? The mystery was the dream, but it was also the message of the dream. The message revealing God's plan concerning the most powerful nations of the earth from Daniel's, from Daniel's time onward. Next, I want to talk about the mysteries of the kingdom. The mystery of God's kingdom is foggy in the Old Testament. We don't really get a lot of uh, a lot written about it, uh, but it's made clearer by Jesus and even clearer by Paul. Jesus says in Matthew 13, verses 11 through 13, he says, He said in answer to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're talking about. But to them, right, everybody on the outside, it's not been given. For who has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. 
But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So Jesus has explained the reaction of the crowd to his preaching. Jesus taught them with many parables, and most people walked away confused. Most people, okay? Uh, they, they walked away confused without even bothering to ask Jesus what he meant. And the parable Jesus told, ironically, was about a farmer scattering seed. And the seed was the word of God, and the different soils represented the different people that was hearing from Jesus, and the seed represents the mystery of God. And the sad point of that parable is that one out of four people will get it. One out of four people will catch the mystery, which means most people who hear. We're, we're, not, we're not even talking about those who have never heard of Jesus' teaching before, never picked up a Bible. Most people who hear the Bible will not get the mystery. Now, I like definitions because we live in a world where people can use, they use the same words, but they mean different things. Here's what I mean by mystery. A mystery is a secret plan that God reveals to a person that they wouldn't know otherwise. The same word mystery appears in Daniel. It's the uh, Aramaic word raz. And that appears here in Matthew uh, by the Greek word mysterion. This is demonstrated when Peter confesses Jesus to be God. I love this. Uh, so now we're going to talk about the mystery of God's son. This is Matthew 16, verses 13 through 17. Here's what it says. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, his, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Here's Jesus' response. You, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So this is pretty significant. Jesus affirms Peter's declaration that Jesus is God's Son, and acknowledging that the Father revealed his uh, that the Father revealed this directly to Peter. The teaching that God has a Son has is completely new in history. The teaching. Uh, this, this is where the doctrine of the second person of the Trinity starts. It starts with Peter's confession. It starts with a revelation from God. And apparently, no human has thought of this idea prior to Jesus. And to this, uh, and to this day, the idea of a Trinity is nonsensical to people who get that this teaching is a mystery, who don't get that this teaching is a mystery. Let me say that again. This passage is spectacular because it shows the truth of how people consider Jesus and still do. Things don't change. With a contrast with Peter's confession on which the church was born. Often in ancient Greek cults, knowledge was hidden. And the only way to obtain such knowledge was through an initiation rite, perhaps where cultic stories were rehearsed. Adherents were sworn to secrecy upon the penalty of death which is where little is known about cults. God, however, doesn't hide knowledge because he is power tripping. And God doesn't power trip. God is more than happy to reveal his will to anyone who has the right heart to listen and submit to him. 
Revealing his plan is a gracious thing for God to do, and this inspires worship in Daniel. Next, I want to talk about the mysteries of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 11, These things God revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the, de the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in them? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except through the Spirit of God. Except the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us what God said and enables us to understand the Bible. And those who don't, those who deny the Holy Spirit is God. Those that deny the second person of the Trinity, uh, they show that they don't have God's spirit. And they show that they don't have God's word. To adapt the words of Jesus, the mystery has not been revealed to them. Next, I want to talk about the mystery of the gospel. As we trace this theme throughout the Bible, it's very general in the Old Testament, specifically in Daniel, as I said, but it gets clearer when you look at the parables of Jesus about the kingdom of God. I mean, that's what they were about. They were about the kingdom of God. How do I get people who, are, who live on earth, who have never seen heaven, never seen the culture of heaven, uh, to, to understand what I'm teaching, what I'm laying down for them, what I'm talking about? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use a parable and it's it, parables are interesting because they use everyday examples to express heavenly truths. So the parable should reveal something, but again, it doesn't, not unless you have the right heart to understand it. That's what unlocks the mystery. First Corinthians four, one. And by the way, Paul is the biblical author that speaks the, the most clearly about this mystery. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.1, quoting from the New Living Translation, he says, Look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. Paul lets us know that there is one, more than one mystery. As we've already seen, God's plan is a mystery. So is his son, so is the kingdom that he brings. In short, all of God's work is mysterious. And unless God reveals these mysteries to you, you simply will not get it. You will be on the outside looking in and you will label all of this as illogical. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 25 through 27 ESV, he says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things. You've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the, the get this, anyone to whom the Son, the Son chooses to reveal him. So that's lots of people's problems right there. They don't believe in the Holy Spirit. We covered that. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that searches the deep things of God and reveals them to humanity. But if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, he, he's not going to help you. In the same way, if you don't believe in the Son, the Son reveals the Father. And if you don't believe in the Son, you won't know the Father. There are lots of people that say, oh, I know God. I know Yahweh. I know Yahuwah. I, whatever you call him. I know the Father. I know God, but I just, I don't believe in Jesus. Jesus is not God. Well, then you don't know the Father. You're self-deceived 
and you're in grave danger. You're right now in the path of the wrath of God because whoever believes in his son has everlasting life, John 3.36 says. Whoever denies, disobeys, disbelieves the son, the son does not see life, but God's everlasting wrath remains, remains on that person. Jesus tells us that the Father hides things while the Son reveals them to some people. That's the that's how they work. The people God reveals to them are not the smartest people. They're not the most studied, they're, but they are humble, and they're God's children. In fact, the irony is not lost to me that he uses the imagery of children. And Christians are the children of God. Next, I want to talk about how mysteries are revealed. This is... Paul, in Ephesians 3, verses 3 through 6, ESV, the mystery, there's that word again, the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. Not everybody has insight into who Jesus really is. There are lots of historians, there are lots of um, scholars, but there's not a lot of people that have insight. Paul goes on, you can perceive my mystery into Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it's now been revealed to his holy prophets, uh, holy apostles, the prophets by the Spirit. The mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel, not the law, the gospel. Paul teaches that God's revelation is progressive. And what I mean by that is uh, doctrine doesn't become something else, but it evolves over time as God reveals various elements of his plan to people that have not otherwise been disclosed. That's what it means. God reveals the truth about Christ in redemptive history progressively. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then one's praise will come from God. You see, God is the only one who is able to reveal the truth because he is the only one who is all-knowing. I keep coming back to that. This is why he's able. He's able to disclose hidden things. And next I want to talk about who the mystery is revealed to. Who the mystery is revealed to. Colossians 1, 25-26 says this. Paul says this. I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery which has been hidden from, a- from ages and from generations. But now. This is why, where I get that word progressive. Now has been revealed to his saints. The truth, the mystery, is the inclusion of Gentiles in God's plan of salvation. This is not revealed to Jews. This is not revealed to cults. This is not revealed to so-called Hebrew Israelites or pagans. The truth is only known by Christians. Psalm 25, 14 says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Proverbs 3.32 says, For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Listen, unbelievers are blind because of their own stubbornness, and ultimately God has not revealed the truth to them because they reject his word, and they have no intent in obeying him. So what is this mystery? Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, 
verses 10 through 12. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what time of uh, what manner of time the Spirit of Christ was in them when He was indicating. Um, let me read that again. The Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to but but to us they were ministering the things which have now been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit from heaven, things into which angels desire to look into. Peter remarks, that God has been working a plan of salvation since the beginning. And it's mysterious to the rest of us because we have to learn about it, right? God is the only one who's eternal. He's seen this thing from beginning to end, but we have a birthday. And so we have to learn about the things that were before us, and we have to learn about eschatology. We have to learn about the future because we are not eternal, Paul says in Ephesians 1, 7 through 10, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound to us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him, in Jesus. Note the constant theme of God being the only one who can reveal the mystery and the people to whom he reveals it. Most people will not know the mystery. Next, I want to look at how the mystery was revealed to Paul. Galatians 1, 15 through 16 says, He, that Jesus, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Listen, Paul wasn't one of the 12 apostles. He didn't walk with Jesus personally, but Jesus personally showed up in his life. He revealed himself to Saul of Tarsus, who's later called Paul, and he commissioned him as an apostle. Acts 9, 15 says, The Lord said to him, Paul, go, or sorry, not Paul, Paul, uh, Ananias, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. I just want to point out the difference between the children of Israel and the Gentiles. There's this false teaching out there on the internet that says that when the Bible mentions nations, when the Bible mentions Gentiles, when the Bible seemingly mentions other ethnic groups like Cornelius the Italian, those are all Jews from the dispersion. That's not true. There's a clear demarcation from Jesus between the children of Israel and and the Gentiles, and the kings. That includes the world. You, you just, you, you got to know that includes the world. Jesus revealed himself to Paul and chose him to proclaim his gospel to both Israelites and Gentiles. So, what's the response to mystery? Well, it's interesting when you look at the gospels, people have a mixed response to Jesus when he preached about the kingdom of God. And he performed signs of the kingdom. The gospel writers, Matthew and Luke, use the word thamazo, which is a neutral term. Uh, th- this is often translated as amazed or astonished. And it could explain someone's odd miracle, uh, like in Matthew 15, 31, Luke eleven fourteen, and Luke 24, 41, or a critique, Luke eleven thirty eight. 38. Next, I want to talk about the mystery of evil and the end. People have been asking throughout human history about the problem of evil 
and I've said it before and I'll keep saying it, there is evil in the world because sin is wrecking the world through sinful people. God is waiting for many to repent, but some will not repent. They will end up as reprobates. And in addition, there is a broader aspect of the mystery of evil, which is deeply rooted in eschatology. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 53. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. We shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Here's what Paul is saying. This is Paul's teaching about the end of the world. History culminates with the resurrection of believers to to new bodies. And this will happen instantly, instantly. And Paul labels this as what? A mystery. A mystery, again, is something that seems illogical to the unbeliever. Revelation 10 verse 7 says, In the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished, as he declared to his servants the prophets. The seventh trumpet is the end of the world represented in an an apocalyptic vision in the book of Revelation. And this is when the mystery is revealed because it's accomplished. A mystery isn't a static truth. It's an event that brings God's salvific work into the world to its completion. So what's my conclusion? I want to bring you back to that verse in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 29.29 says, The secret things belong to our God, the Lord. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Now, we need to be okay with not having all the answers. We cannot explain the mystery that God speaks to us. Let me say that again. We cannot explain mystery unless God speaks to us. Even with the witness of Scripture... Some doctrines are hard to fully explain, like the Trinity, the virgin birth, or pretty much any miracle in the Bible. And all of this falls into the category of mystery because God does what he does. And his will, is a, and, his will and ability far exceed our ability to fully understand him. Science is helpful, but science doesn't fully understand God. Science is only able to look through a test tube and repeat something. But when God does something that's unrepeatable, science doesn't have the answer. It will it never will. Because science is based on the laws of nature, but it doesn't it fails to be able to explain a God who can transcend the laws of nature whenever he wants to. That's mystery. That's mystery. And so I just want to encourage you as a Christian, you don't 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 let bullies back you into a corner. Who oh, explain this, explain this, explain this. Even if I did, You have an unregenerate mind and you wouldn't get it. God has to reveal his mystery to you. Remember, the father keeps things a secret and the son reveals them. And the first step is accepting Jesus as Lord and God and Savior. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Jesus is the gatekeeper to the Father, and if you deny Jesus, Jesus can't help you. If you deny the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can't help you. 
if your heart's not right about God, if, if you are stubbornly fighting against him, if you reject his doctrines, if you don't believe the things that he said, if you are recreating God in your own image, then listen, you're not going to get most of the Bible. But some people still pick up the Bible and want to pretend like they're experts. And they are the most dangerous people. It's better to not have known the way of truth than to have known the truth and rejected it, the writer of Hebrews says. It's better if you never picked up that, that, that Bible than if you did and you just walked away from it. Because you're in the end, in the end you're trying to be God. And you think that you can understand all mysteries. Paul says in 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, even if I understood all mysteries, Paul there is uh, is understanding, realizing that he can't unless God helps him. That's what I got for you today. God bless, and I'll see you next time.